We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Continuing with Kandelvi, we are now on session 23, and this is page 82 of the book, and the section is the 10 properties. Okay. <clears throat> During my studies in Mazahir al-Ulum, uh, classes usually begin on Wednesday. When I started my sessions, I also started on Wednesday. I began my session with the Introduction to Knowledge, Muqaddamat Al-Ilm, Introduction to the Book, Muqaddamat Al-Kitab, and other miscellaneous topics, which I could continue until the coming Wednesday. At the very end, my last topic of discussion was the basic uh, propri- uh, prop- proprieties. Properties. Oh, it's properties. Oh, proprieties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, proprieties. Um, so, adab. Adab. adab yeah. Required of every student during his studies, of which I specifically emphasize the 10 basic proprieties. I was younger and energetic, and as the hadith says, youth is one branch of insanity. If I saw any student violating any one of the, uh, any one of the 10 basic pri- uh, proprieties after having been emphasized in the beginning of the year, I quickly got up from my place, slapped him, <laughs> and returned to my seat. That's awesome. I should start doing this. <laughs> In the middle of <laughs> the class. <laughs> like uh, Nate or Robert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally imagine. The students who uh, had learned the basic 10 propri- uh, proprieties understood why the student was slapped, but a lar- uh, guest or students from another class who came in large numbers to attend my class would be confused about what had happened. The students would say he probably slept or leaned his elbow on the book. The other, the other proprieties are... One, sincerity of intention. Number two, regular class intend- uh, regular attendance in class. One could see my attendance register from those days. None of the students for many years had an absent sign after their name. Number, that actually, so I think one of my teachers said something about how, like, if you skip class, like, you lose the nor of, or, like, the bark of it for, like, 40 days or something. Like that. So, there are a number of teachings. One is that if you skip studying something for a day, it leaves you for a week. If you skip it for a week, it leaves you for a month. If you skip it for a month, it leaves you for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, number three, sitting in a straight line in class, students should sit respectfully in a straight line. Okay, you automatically fix your posture. Yeah. What happens. yeah. <laughs> number four, to not sleep in class. Number five, to not lean on a book. Number six, to not miss any hadith for this reason. Absence was a major sin in my class. It's funny because, like... <laughs> if you told this to, like, any college student. <laughs> yeah. be like, bye. Yeah. Bye. One of my habits was that if a hadith contained a profane word, as in the chapter of criminal law, I translated it as uh, I would be in Urdu, as it would be in Urdu. The only condition was that no student was allowed to laugh. Then I explained the hadith. From my understanding, my Urdu translation was an exact rendering of what the Blessed Prophet ﷺ, Abu Bakr said, has said. Should I consider my own dirty tongue to be better than the Blessed Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr Siddiq ﷺ? If they said that, uh, if if they said what they said without any apprehension, then who am I to avoid it? Thinking in bad manners. For example, when words like uh and umsus buzzer lot came in the hadith, I translated it, but again under the condition that no student laughed. Mm. Um, you can probably get a sense of what these words mean. Look at the last word of the last one. Boop. <coughs> this uh, no, no no this is probably a lot when I, I'm not even familiar with these terms. No. Okay. Number seven, giving full respect to the scholars, uh, i.e., to never object against them, utter disrespect or derogatory remarks about them, and most importantly, to never hold anything in the heart against them. 
Some people in their defense of the Hanafi madhab, Hanafi madhab debase the scholars and some idiots go as far as to criticize them hadith masters. This is something I have no patience for. Number eight, to, uh, uh, to not feign respect, but truly carry it in the heart for the teacher. Otherwise, one will be deprived of knowledge. Number nine, do not raise objections against the hadith masters. So what's the tenth one? Hmm. That's a good question. Is it just be ready to be slapped? <laughs> Maybe leaning the elbow on a book? But that's already there, that's number five. Oh, that's number five. Oh, you're right. Okay, then I'm not right. Interesting. The mystery. <laughs> That's the mystery. Maybe, maybe I wasn't being a good student, so you will never it. be able to. <laughs> yeah, the secret one. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I enumerated. I enumerated these briefly. Shahid has published my lectures on Bukhari, which elaborate on the pro uh, proprieties of the deen, uh, knowledge of Deen. It is also to be found in Ap Biti in more detail. Another one of the propri uh, proprieties relating to clothing and appearance. In this particular etiquette, I made sure to emphasize the importance of the beard. Anyone who, with a trimmed beard could not enter my class and study hadith with me, or from me. One of the students who trimmed his beard was registered to attend my hadith class, classes. I told him I had removed his name from the attendance list of my Abu Dawood class. In the, <laughs> in the first exam, his name appeared on every teacher's attendance list except in my Abu Dawood class. The dean, the dean, or the, the dean <laughs> <laughs> thought it had probably been erased absentmindedly. He called me to ask about it. I hadn't I happened to be in the exam room at the time. I told him the student's name hadn't been uh, removed forgottenly, but had I, that I had done it because he trimmed his beard. The rule was the teachers were not allowed to remove names from the attendance list. However, the love of my elders for me gave me the freedom to do as I deemed fit. If a student skipped my class, I erased his name and told him, I have erased your name, go to the dean and complain to him. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk to him myself. Yeah. The love and affection of my elders for me had made me audacious. Oh. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all of them the highest rank in paradise and forgive, my, uh, mm -hmm. forgive me for any of my shortcomings. A year or two later, I received his letter requesting that I want to take bay'ah with you. I replied, you have already experienced what I'm like. My elders, Sheikh Tanwi, Sheikh Madani, and the successors of Sheikh Raipuri um, are better than me and certainly of the highest order. Go and take bay'ah on their hands. He, sent, he then sent another letter saying, you are the only one who can rectify the heart of a person as hard-headed as me. This article has become more of an autobiography. Uh, the point was to mention that in my class, debasing the four imams, the hadith masters, and the scholars was unforgivable. I don't understand this last paragraph. Uh, <clears throat> I think maybe he's just saying that this student feels that only Sheikh Kandelbi was the one who could who could get him to appreciate the imams, hadith masters, mm -hmm. and such. Oh, I see. Relations most. All right. Ready for the sawuf? Oh. Let's see how long this section is. We might have to postpone. Um, let's do the first section. Show. Do you have time? Yeah. Okay. Chapter 8, the sawuf. The objective of the sawuf is ihsan. <clears throat> As previously mentioned, Jibreel alayhi salam came to the Blessed Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and asked him, what is ihsan? The Blessed Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Replied, that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him. Tisawf is another name for ihsan. One may, one may say the acquisition of the attribute of ihsan 
uh, or, or when, uh, when we say the acquisition of the attribute of Ihsan. It is also called Tasawuf and Suluk or whatever else you may call it. These are merely, merely different names of the same thing. My grandfather, Sheikh Muhammad Ismail Kandil, we requested Sheikh uh, Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, I need to talk to you in private. When they were alone, he said, I am a spiritual student of Sheikh Muhammad Yaqub Dahdawi and a student of Sheikh uh, Muzaffar Hussein Kandilwi. They taught me according to the Naqshbandi method. When I applied the method, my, spirit, my six spiritual uh, ethereal ethereal points, points, ethereal yeah. points of, of the soul began turning like a spinning wheel but I was eager to follow the sunnahs of the blessed prophet and was diligent in reading authentic supplications dua from the hadith for example the supplication when entering and exiting the bathroom or going to the bazaar etc this is why I had, some, I had little, little interest for the practices devised by the spiritual mentor, mentors I would sometimes meditate for 10 or 15 days, but nothing more. This is my situation, and now I'm weak and ask you, that you prescribe for me certain spiritual practices. Sheikh Gangohi said, Have you achieved Ihsan through your own practices or not? He replied, Yes, I have. Sheikh Gangohi replied, Then you don't need to be prescribed anything because practicing the different practices of the Sufis after attaining Ihsan is like reading Karima. Uh, i.e. an introduction, per, uh, introductory Persian text, after reading Gulistan and Bulistan, two advanced Persian texts, which is obviously a waste of time. Getting into the practices and exercises of the Sufis for you is sinful and a waste of time. So you see the point? That if you've already gotten this far, you don't need to be in a tariqah. Mm. And so being in a tariqah is not as mandatory as being in a madhab, mm. right? Um, you can accomplish a lot of these things without the tariqah. But naturally, if you're in a tariqah, you're more likely not to go astray. Mm-hmm. Inshallah. So, so he's saying that like it would be almost like limiting for him to... Yeah. Okay. He'd be taking steps backwards. Okay. It'd be like, if you're in no calculus, why are you coming to learn Arab, uh, algebra? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have heard from my elders and also from the Sheikh Gangohi that what if one has memorized the Quran said, uh, uh, one, what if one who has memorized the Quran said, teach me the Arabic alphabet because I have not read it. Okay. Sheikh Gango, he says in another place, the power of the Blessed Prophet Wasallam's spirituality was such that once a belie- disbeliever recited the testament of faith, shahada, he immediately attained the level of ihsan. Subhanallah. Wow. Hmm. One example of ihsan in the companions of the Allah is that they said, how can we go to the bathroom and denude ourselves before our Lord? This was a manifestation of their ihsan. They were not in need of spiritual exertions, mujahadat, and exhaustive meditation devotions, ashghal, because ashghal, yeah. because they had achieved ihsan by the blessing of the blessed Prophet ﷺ's company. But their level of ihsan was much much less than the ihsan of the blessed Prophet ﷺ, and likewise, the ihsan of the first successors was less than the ihsan of the companions of the Allahman. Soon enough, the level of ihsan achieved in the era of the second successors became so weak that the spiritual masters were forced to devise exhaustive meditation devotions to revive this aspect of deen and prevent its further decline. So you see why these schools were formed. Mm-hmm. It's to compensate for this decrease. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, yeah, imagine then, okay, if the Sahaba developed ihsan immediately at the time of Shahada, then what were the kafirs like? If oh. they have the Prophet, peace be in front of them, mm-hmm. they're probably even harder-hearted than anybody meet today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> For a while, these devotions were no more than means to than a means to a, uh, a means to achieve a noble objective. But as we moved away from the golden era, 
they became ends unto themselves. As the devotions evolved and were improved, improvised with the times, innovations of different kinds, doctrinal, practical, etc., slowly made their way into the science of deen. Though the most eminent spiritual masters destroyed many of these innovations, they were unable to eliminate them entirely. Sheikh specifically took the names of Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jadani, Sheikh Shihab Ad-Din Suhrawardi, Suhrawardi, Mujaddid Al-Fathani, and Sayyid Ahmad Shahid, 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 as some of the spiritual masters who struggled hard to weed out all of the innovations from the soul, but were unsuccessful in doing so. Mujaddid Al-Fathani, that's a title. Sheikh Ahmad Sir Hindi. So this is, look at the name. So what's Alf? Like a thousand. Yeah. So, see, he's the Mujaddid of the second thousand. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's the first part. And so that, I mean, that is the core point. The purpose of the Sawuf is Ihsan. So like when we're in class, I'd say sometimes the term is Sufi, sometimes it's, it's Ihsan. Shia tradition, the, often you'll hear the term Irfan, but the idea of Marifa, to know. But um, the basic bottom line is that Islam, Iman, Ihsan. Islam is Fiqh. Iman is Aqidah. Ihsan is the Sawuf. Right? That's, the, that's basically what it is. And so it's less now with your generation, but for much of my generation, even for much of the past 20 years, in, in, until maybe three, four, five, six years ago, if you start talking about the Sufis, most Muslim circles in Chicago, people get allergic. Yeah. Now it's much easier to talk about the Sufis. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll just say Ihsan, yeah. if people get too allergic to, to, to the way of the Sufis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's stop right here. And the Sawaf creates love for the Sunnah, another very, very important point. Uh, any other questions about anything? Okay. All right. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk wa akhir da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.